Second Peter chapter one. Um, we started last week on faith and grace. There we go. Y'all can hear better now. Okay, give me a little bit more up here. Um, and I want to continue in that because they work together. Tell your neighbors here they do work together. Because if grace has provided everything, then you need faith to get what grace has provided. And um, say that, say grace, grace has, provided everything. has provided everything. And faith, and faith is, needed is needed to obtain, to obtain the, everything the everything that grace has provided. One more time, give me some volume up here. Say, grace, grace has, provided has provided everything. And now faith is needed, faith is to, needed obtain to obtain in my life, in my life the, everything the everything that grace has provided. It's very important because I don't think many people in the body of Christ understand that. Because if you go through the list of your desires... And check off those that have been manifested in your life. You won't have as many checks as you'd like to have. And I promise you this. I'm talking about, I'm talking about in all of our life. I promise you this. Um, 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 the checks won't match the amount of word we re- we've received. Or the amount of church we, we've been going to. And, and we really want to address that. Because I think in this season alone... That's why so many people are be, are becoming weary because they don't have enough boxes checked off. And as I said on Sunday, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And and I don't know about you. I don't care how deep you are. You just get tired of believing you receive and it never happens. You know, and then the enemy starts to play with your mind and you begin to Blame people, you begin to get weary in your faith, you know, your belief becomes under attack, you start questioning what you used to be sure about as it relates to the word of God, because you're not seeing a lot of this. And we were not meant to live and not see this manifest in our life. The word was meant to manifest in our life, listen to this, continually, continually, um, Everything we hear and digest and and respond properly to was meant to manifest in our lives. Everything, everything from from now. Let's read this first. Second Peter chapter one. Look at verse number one. Um, Simon Peter, a serving an, servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God. And our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things, underline that, that pertain unto life and godliness, that all things. It's not just talking about peace and joy and happiness and tongues and things like that, but I mean from groceries to shoes. From rent to mortgage, from house to car, from from wardrobe to whatever it is, he's given to us 
all things that pertain unto life, bus fare, gas money, um, through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, underline precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust or through human desire. Jot down First Timothy chapter 6 and 17 that tells us that he gives us all things to enjoy. All things to enjoy. We read in Second Peter about the exceeding great and precious promises and all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now write this down if you didn't already do it last week. The promises are a revelation of God's divine intention concerning you. Now, now understand this. If the, how many of you um, um, have, have read or sang about or understand or know some of the promises of God that he made to you? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You, you understand the promises of God. Okay. Um, those are, that's revelation of God's divine intention. That's what he intends to happen in your life. It's what the promises are. It's God's intention for you. I intend for you. If, if, if you think of some promises, some that you walk in health, I intend for you to be healthy. Some are for you to not lack. I intend for you to have more than enough. Some are for your children to be saved. I intend for your family to be whole. All of these are promises, exceeding great and precious promises. It's God's intent concerning us. But they are not self-fulfilling. And I think in the body of Christ, we think things are just going to happen. Because I come to Bible class, I come to prayer, you know, I serve, things are just going to happen. And, and, and I don't know, I don't think that was even taught to us. We just kind of caught that from church stuff. Because nothing just happens. You don't even go to a pop machine and the pop just fall out. You got to put a, you got to put $4 in there and then the pop will come out. Come on here. And, and, and so why do we think these promises are just going to fulfill themselves in our life? They are not self-fulfilling. Uh, it, it, is, it, is, it is revelation of God's intention concerning me. Now listen to this. It's designed to ignite your faith. So you got the grace of God. Grace has provided all things. Now the faith has to come into play to get all the things that he has provided. If they don't work together, which they must, you'll always be singing about the grace, talking about the grace, reciting and confessing about the grace and the promises and never seeing them. And you get mad over time. You, you over time, you're like, wait a minute. What is up? Because because God is not, you know, in heaven playing some game to see how long we can hold on. Because, you know, people say, just hold on. Well, how long, sister? Or then they get religious, you know, hold on. And while you're holding on, you pray, make sure you pray three times a day. And I did that. Now what? Because what you're trying to do is get me to now qualify or get over into works to have manifest in my life this great stuff and this promised stuff. But faith works is not the kind of works we think it is. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Grace and faith. Grace is what Jesus has done on our behalf. Let me just ask you that. Do you, do you, how many of you believe that Jesus 
has done all that we've heard he's done on our behalf. Raise your hand. You believe that. You believe that for real. You do. Raise your hand out for real. Do you really believe that? No, okay, put your hand now. I'm asking that not as a trick question because there was a time in, in my Christian walk I didn't believe all of it. I believe some of it, but not all of it. And then even the parts that I believe, I didn't believe it may happen for me. So we got to clear all that up first. I was talking to a brother that was at church this past Sunday, precious brother. And, and he says, I know there's a call. I know the things God wants me to do, but I, I got to just make sure I get myself in right standing first. And how long do we play that game? If we could get ourselves in right standing, there'd be no need for Jesus. And we'd all be okay and, 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 and not just heaven ready, but living in all the promises and everything just happening for us. They don't work like that. You got to see yourself as God sees you. And then when you step over into faith, all these promises just roll in because he's already provided them for us. And I didn't always believe that. I believed that my past was a barrier for me receiving some of the stuff that God had promised me, supposedly. Some of this I can get, some of this I... Uh, not that that's that's too that's too big and this is too big based on what I've done in my past so that I don't qualify for the big one but but every day you know breath and you know a job here there he'll bless me but this big stuff mm-mm. that come from the folk that, that's for the folk that ain't never did nothing wrong and God says well that means nobody gets nothing then because we were born into For by grace, Ephesians 2 verse 8, are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. By grace are ye saved through faith. By grace are ye saved. Now we told you plenty of times before that this word saved comes from the word satiria in the Greek, which means welfare, prosperity, deliverance, preservation, salvation, Healing, wholeness, favor, peace, all of that. So by grace, do you receive all of this? It's already been done for you, um, but you have to obtain it by faith. This, this grace thing is so potent because what it's really telling us is that before you got the diagnosis, there was a healing already in place. Before you even lost a job, there was one already lined up. Before the account hit negative, there was already abundance set up for you because this is all the stuff he's already done. And we've become accustomed of singing about it. That's why I said, do y'all really believe it? I said, yeah, I believe it. I don't think we really do all the time. I don't think we really do. Because what you believe, you manifest. What you believe, you act on. What you believe, you make it happen. Because I believe this. I told you last week. I told you several times. This is a simple illustration. But you get the newspaper. You open it up. You see a sales ad. You believe what you see. And you follow what you believe with actions. You get your clothes on. You get in your car. You head for the store to pick up what you just read in this paper because you believe what you saw. You believe what you read. You didn't check it. You didn't call down to the store, see what they had in stock. You just went down there because when you believe something in belief is action seed. So don't tell me you believe it if you're not acting on it. And that's how I knew. When I was sent, I believe I was even, I wasn't because I was never acting on anything. 
We was believing. We received all the way to bankruptcy, all the way to all these different things in our life jacked up. But we was all believing. We was believing. We, be, we believed and we had our confessions and we had all this stuff laid out. And we didn't really believe it because we didn't act on anything. We wasn't given. We wasn't tithing. We was in fear. We was in doubt. We was in unbelief. We was afraid to do this. We wanted to give, but we figured we didn't have enough to give. And all that was discounting the fact that we were saying we believe. We did not believe. And most believers the issue is your believing. You are a believer that don't believe. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even I believe, but I got some unbelief coming in. Some stuff I just didn't believe. And then when I graduated to believing, here comes the unbelief. Unbelief always comes to say, you sure? You're going to tie this month and you know these is bills are due and this is lined up and this is going on. You're really going to get a church 10% of your money. I know you love them and all, but you just shouldn't be doing that. Belie- unbelief speaks. It prophesies to you. Doubt ministers to you. Yeah, yeah. It'll have a whole conversation on the way to work on the train. I would ride to work on the train and the whole green line ride, I would just sit there and be ministered to by fear and doubt. And then as a leader, I'd call back and tell her what we ain't going to do now based on the ministry I received. And that's how you know you have the capacity to believe. It's just what you're believing. Because the whole ride to work, I let fear minister to me and I believed that and I took action on it and said, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this this week. We're going to do that. We're going to put that over there because fear told me what to do. I believed it and I acted upon it. So you have the capacity to believe. You just believe in the wrong thing. You believe in the wrong voice. Are you listening to me? Y'all quiet in here. Y'all work hard today. It's a long day. It's a long day, huh? God's going to bless you because you press your way to get here. I believe this. The thing about this grace message is just as as dumb as we've been and as stupid as we've been and as messed up stuff we've messed over. The grace of God with that comes favor. Which overrides our stupidity. <laughs> there is no way we should have got out of some of the holes we put ourselves in and if God was fair we wouldn't have got out but he's not fair he's just and, it's, and sometimes he treated us just like we hadn't done what we'd done and I didn't even have revelation of the grace of God then but it was it's always working on your behalf so By grace, you are saved through faith. Faith is, write this down, it is my positive response to what God has done. I'm glad you like that, sister. She said, amen. It is my positive response. If grace is Jesus, if grace is what God has done on our behalf, then faith is my response to grace. God has done it all. How do I respond to that to get that to happen in my life? Because most believers, if, if, if you can go to Barna.com and look at the, what do you call them? The, um, the surveys and, and the percentages of different things that they've taken. And most believers, most believers live either at poverty line or below. That's not cool, man. It ain't cool. It ain't cool. 
And that's why even in our culture of church, we're so easily swindled because if everybody living at poverty line or below, you can tell me anything. Get me emotionally roused up, get my money, get me to give my rent and all that stuff. And you go to certain churches, they don't even teach on that level because ain't nobody got no issue like that. If I got some religious spiel to get you to give me a thousand dollars and get in the line and all that foolishness, what happens if I go to the church and everybody got money? I can't tell them God gonna turn around tonight. They don't, they, they don't, that ain't what they own. They don't need to hear that. God gonna pull you out. They pull me out of what, Reverend? I left my business and drove him my Bentley and I just gave 400000 to the church last month for the building fund. What, this message don't mean nothing to me. I'm just telling you the truth. And so when I saw that and I says, wait a minute. And, 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 and I know how that feels. Because I used to be in that percentage. And I'm not in that percentage now because I pastor a church. Um, trust me. Oh, trust me. It's like I was watching um, Pastor Dollar, and he says, people saying, you know, I'm stealing the money. He said, ain't no money here to steal. <laughs> he said, as soon as it come in, it goes back out for ministry and paying the bills. Because the average percentage in churches of tithers is 30%. 30%, but the church has to plan for 100%. Ain't nothing to steal. Ain't nothing to take. Ain't nothing to live good off of. I got to live off of what I'm teaching you. So faith, write this down again if you didn't write it, get it, is my positive response to what God has done. A lot of working definitions of faith here. My positive response to what God has done. Now, now we stopped here last week, so jump over to Luke chapter 5. We never got to it, but we turned to it. Remember that? Okay, let's, let's pick up there then. It is my positive response to what God has done. Here is the wrong response if God has provided abundance for us and you don't have enough money right now, this is not the right response. I can never make ends meet. If it ain't one thing, it's another. I'm always broke. We ain't never got no money. That's not, that's not a positive response to what God has done. Father, I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you that, that, that you became poor, that we may be abundantly supplied. And so now I move into Matthew chapter 6, where I seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things. So now, how do I get from a place of I ain't got enough to having more than enough? I tell you this, it don't come from shouting and, and running and skipping. Your praise only comes into effect after you've done the will of God. Now you can dance on it. Now you can put the praise on it. Because if you ain't done the will of God, what you putting the praise on? You expecting God to just do something. So that leads you to getting to being upset because you said, I ran the lap. I touched the five people and turned around three times. Wait a minute now. It's been four weeks. Nothing has happened. I, I don't want to be in that. Unless it's God. You know what I'm saying? And God is going to always, the Bible says he's a, listen, listen, don't just, don't just take this stuff as, as mere words. He says, I'm a very present help when trouble hits your door. 
Which means when trouble hits your house, whether it's finance, whether, whether, you, your ear should be not like this. Okay, what is he saying to do? Because I'm coming to get you out of trouble. Just like in the natural. You get in trouble, they, they don't give you, you call, you call 911 because somebody didn't pass out at home, they're going to give you instructions on what to do. They're going to ask you some questions and tell you what to do. Right? And you're going to do what? Follow those instructions. I don't need these instructions. I'm just going to dance here while he's sitting. He can't breathe. Let me just dance. I'm going to praise here. Luke chapter 5. In belief is action seed. When you believe, you act. Write this down. Belief is convinced persuasion. Belief is convinced persuasion. You have evidence over a period of time and you are convinced of a thing. Now look at Luke chapter 5. Look at verse number 1. Let's, let's go into a little bit of this here. Um, just put it up here. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, when he was finished teaching the people, he said unto Simon, now launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Belief is convinced persuasion. What did I just say? You have evidence over a period of time and you are convinced of the thing. Simon was convinced because we have toiled all night. This ain't working. I believe that. Jesus says, but I just taught you something different. Simon said, no, I believe it's not working. I'm convinced because I've been out here all night and I believe ain't no fish out here. And if they are, they not biting and going in my net. Jesus said, but no, I just taught you something different. Simon said, no, but I believe because I'm convinced because I've been out here all night. So I know what you're saying, preacher, but belief is convinced persuasion. I'm persuaded because I've been out here all night that ain't nothing I have biting. Yeah, but Simon, I just taught you something. I, I set you down. I understood there was a deficiency. I understood you weren't catching nothing. I understood your money wasn't right. I understood this was going wrong in your life. And I set you down and I taught you something different. And I said, now act on what I taught you. You know why Simon couldn't act? Because he didn't believe it first. He was still going on his old belief. You're convinced over a period of time of something. And it causes belief. So I believe, I know what you're saying, Jesus. I know you are Jesus, but you ain't been out here all night with us. We've been out here all night. Ain't nothing happening. We ain't caught nothing. And they were professional fishermen. So this wasn't no rookie. So it's like, I'm a professional fisherman. I've been out here all night. I know what you're saying, but. And sometimes your butt stands in the way. Whatever our butts are stands in the way of us receiving this, this new information to change our belief system. Are you listening? 
Because when your strong, write this down, when your strong, convinced persuasion is attacked, when it's, when, when it's set in, it brings fear. And fear, write this down, brings toil. And you know what toil is? Toil is, I worked 80 hours this week and I still ain't got enough to pay the light bill. I worked overtime all week. I worked all day Saturday. I skipped my lunch. I did this, that, and the other. Or I did this, that, and the third. What does that mean? I've been hearing it like this, that, and the third. I did this, that, and the third, and I still don't have enough. That's toil. And when your strong, convinced persuasion is there, it produces fear, and fear brings toil. He says, he says, Master, we've toiled all night. Look at it. Verse 5. We, we've toiled all year with this. We've been toiling for six months. I, I know what y'all saying, but we've been toiling for six months. We, we've been out here trying to make it happen. We've been, we ain't been doing nothing. We've been fishing, but we ain't caught. We've been working. I work both of the jobs. It's just been, it ain't adding up. But I've been doing my part, and I've taken nothing. And here's where most believers never get you. But nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to do what you said. It seems crazy. It seems foolish to be behind on my bills, yet, yet respond to God and give. It seems dumb to do that. But it, it seems stupid to be out here all night sweating and toiling. And they didn't catch, they didn't say they had a, they had a small, they, they didn't catch nothing. And then he sit and teach me some new principles and said, now go back out there. Now, wait a minute. We got to talk, Jesus. Not only have I been out there all night, but I'm tired. All night. They, they didn't fish from, from noon to three. Because I, I, I never knew why people fish when it's dark. Anybody else know why they fish when it's dark? Y'all don't know? Because they can't see the net. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I would go, I didn't go much, but I would go maybe maybe twice, three times with my grandfather, and they would always go two, three in the morning. And I'm thinking, ain't the fish going to be out there by the 839? <laughs> <laughs> Why we got to go down here now? Really? See, I didn't know none of that. Because I'm not a fisher. But these are professional fishermen. They knew exactly what to do to catch fish. And sometimes we think we know exactly what to do to produce in our lives. And God is trying to get us off of our system and onto his. And we keep working our own system and it keeps crashing. We, we, we just, we, it took a long time for us to learn our lesson. We kept crashing. And still, no, no, get up, get up. We're going to, this, we, we know, I know what I'm doing. And we, I didn't. I did not. He says, nevertheless, at that word, I'll do what you said. Verse number six. Are y'all getting this? Yes. And when they had this done, I don't know why King James had just said had done this, but when they had this done, <laughs> they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. Yeah, fishes. 
and their net break. Now, this is this was not this was not a week later. This was the same night. They didn't catch nothing. And then Jesus said them and gave them a couple of principles. And said, no, go back out there. And they got a multitude of fishes. And their net break. Look at verse 7. So much. They had to call for help. And they filled both the ships. Not it don't stop there. And then the ship began to sink. But they didn't catch nothing. So you can go in one day by following God from having nothing to having more than enough that you got to open up another account somewhere or, or, or put some. You, you, this we we you we're saying yes, but I don't know if we really believe this. You got to take this off of the screen, off of the pages, and make this real to you. Amen. You're gonna have to work it, and working it is gonna take some time too. It's it's it's, it's because 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 we got to the time in. You got to first get in your mind that I'm gonna dump my belief, pick up his, and then do. Are y'all getting that? Because can I say this? Because the day of toiling is over for us. When we talk about the promises of God, which is his divine intent for us, that's not a part of his intent. Well, you know, you got to suffer a little bit for Jesus. No, I don't. Because he did that. He said, I became poor so you can be abundantly supplied. Well, he was talking about poor in peace. Important. No. He became without so you can have the wherewithal. What keeps us, it's quiet up in here on this Wednesday night. Because I want us, we've talked about some of this before. But I told you last week, I think we think faith is a season or a sermon series. And when it's over, we go on to the next thing. It is what we do every day. And, and we're constantly reminded of that and brought into that. And I'm not standing here because I, I got an A plus in faith. Doubt comes to sit on into my bed at least three, four times a week. I mean, at least eight days a week it comes and sit on my bed. Because, because fear and doubt is subtle. It works like medicine. It's subtle. And sometimes you don't even know you've been injected. Hmm. Write this down. The enemy will subtly suggest things to you that are contrary to what God has already said. Write it down however you want to write it down. The enemy was subtly suggesting to you that are contrary to what God has already said to you. 
If you let the cement dry on those suggestions, it will drain your hope. Mm. So the enemy will suggest things to you that are contrary to what you know God has already said to you. You cannot let the cement dry on those suggestions because it will drain your hope. What is your hope? It is your confidence in God's ability to perform what he told you. The enemy will suggest or subtly suggest to you things that are contrary to what God has already told you. Don't let the cement dry on those suggestions. It will drain your hope, your confidence in God's ability to perform what he said to you. So let, let's talk for a minute about fear. You know, my faith and grace, fear is going to come to keep you from doing the faith part to get what grace has provided. God has not given me the spirit of fear. God has not given me the spirit of fear. Write this down. I'm going to load you up tonight. Deliverance from fear can be instant. But change of belief takes process. Deliverance from fear can be instant. But change of belief takes process. There is no process. I need you to hear this. Faith, grace. We're talking about the faith part, which is your part. There is no process of deliverance from fear. There's no process of deliverance from fear. I read two scriptures last night. I'll read two more in the morning. I'm going through my process of deliverance from fear. There is no process of deliverance from fear. There is only a process of change of belief. There's only process of renewing your mind. There's only a process of getting new information in so you can dump the old information. Luke chapter 5. He gave them new information. What did they immediately say? I, I know what you're saying, but we've been out here all night. They went back to their old information. If deliverance from fear was instant, when he set them down and gave them the word, they would have been freed from fear. And when he said, now launch out, they would have, been, they would have said, okay, we're launching out. They said, no, we're not going to launch out. Because he'd been out here all night. They went back to what they believed. So there's a process of changing what you believe, which is renewing your mind, which is feeding yourself the word continually. It pushes out the old. So now when God speaks and says launch out, you can launch out without now taking his launching out orders through your old belief system. So many times God speaks to launch out and we take what he said and we process it through our old belief system. How we grew up, where we came from, what we did, what we know, how much money we have. 
And we go back and say, okay, God, I know you said lunch out, but, and we feed him our belief system. He says, I got that. I got your belief system. That's fact. Yeah, you didn't finish college. You didn't do this. You did do that. I got that. You don't really qualify. That's all that's fact. But the truth is what I just delivered to you. And I will never tell you to do something that you don't have the potential already in you to do. So it's not him that's keeping us from it. It's this that's keeping us from it. So there is no process of deliverance from fear. Only process of change of belief, which is renewing your mind. Once you change your belief, the fear goes. Once the fear goes, you do what he told you to do. That's that's. I I hope y'all hearing this. Once you change your belief and he says launch out. You say, "Okay, I'm launching out. Not well, Lord. I just started this job. If they can only. No, no, no. I said launch out. Like it's like it's like Peter. It's like Peter on that boat. Said, Lord, if that's you. Tell me to come. And he said, come. There was no fear there. Peter stepped right out the boat. But then when he stepped out, his old belief system ran up and said, hey, remember me? And it said when Peter saw the wind, he began to sink. He began to fail in what he was already um, mastering. once you change your belief the fear goes and write this down and remains gone because now you're working on a new belief system we're talking about faith and grace we're talking about how you can get what grace has provided now Sunday I'm going to outline for you all that grace has provided we're going to walk through all of it you know what y'all going to say y'all going to say hallelujah praise the Lord okay how do we get that now How do I get that peace in my home? How do I get that money flowing? How do I get this joy? How do I get all these things that grace has provided? How do I get the proper relationships in my life? He even says, one of the promises is I put the lonely even in families. That's a promise. It ain't just churchy stuff. There's promises laid throughout this word concerning you. I ain't got nobody. Well, you're not walking in the promise of God then. Because I put the lonely, he says, in a family. Oh, once you change belief, the fear goes and remains gone. There's only process of change of belief. What is process? Write this down. I got to give you this. It is a continuous action. That alone, that right there, that's the meatiest part right there. A continuous action. Hey, we're going to do this and we're going to stay the course and and let's see what God does with this. And you put in a good three weeks strong in God in the fourth week. I don't know. I'm not sure. Girl, I didn't got weary. You still doing that? No, I stopped two weeks ago. It's a continuous action over a course of time that produces a desired result. 
a continuous action over a course of time that produces a desired result. A continuous action over a course of time that produces a desired result. Last time, a continuous action over a course of time that produces a desired result. Process that works with, with, with money, that works with, with word, that works with gym, that works with whatever you apply it to. Process. And so the process of changing your belief system has everything to do with the word of God, which means I must put into place a continuous action over time of feeding myself the word to produce a desired result. So when God speaks to me, it hits the new system, not the old one, and I can produce at will because believers are made to produce at will. At will. I produce what I want at will. Because I'm going to teach you Sunday that what you're believing God for ain't external. It's already in you. So I can produce it at will. We've been, we've been looking outside for God to do something and send it in, Lord. Everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness is already on the inside of you so you can produce it at will. But fear always stops you from doing that. Lord, send me your joy. It's already on the inside of you. I'm going to teach you that Sunday. This is so powerful. This is really powerful, Ron. And, 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 and I want us to get it. I, I, I think if we get about this, a lot of foolery won't even come to our doorstep. And if it does, I ain't got time because I'm always working on manifesting something in my life. I got the house, now I'm going after the car. I got the car, I'm going after this. I'm, I'm going after the babies. They told me my womb was closed, I'm going after that. I'm going after everything that God has promised me. And I ain't got time for your foolery or even my own. I ain't got time for because I'm always working on something. And the reason the enemy gets in, because we, we're complacent and we're lax and we're doing everything but the right thing. And our life shows it. It's like the lady from the old 80s, 80s commercial, where's the beef? I know you're a believer, but where's the beef? Where's the evidence? Where's the proof? The process of changing your belief system requires intentional time in the word. And you don't have to always walk around. Did y'all bring my... You brought that Bible, didn't you? You ain't got to always walk around. Like, you know, I used, I used to take the green line again, and then I started taking the Metro. Because they was, they was peeing and stuff on the green line. And so, and I would, I would get on, on, on Metro, and lady would get on every day, and she'd have a Bible, and she'd be walking, and she'd be reading. And I'm thinking, what, what, what is going on here? What, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? That, that's, that's continue feeding yourself the word of God. You put your earplug in and play it. I, I, I play word around my house just to be playing it like music. Even if I'm not sitting there listening to it, like intentionally, it's just playing. When I get in my car, I, I just put it on I, and I'll play the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And I, I mean, I, you can get judged and say, you can, you just, that's the same thing. It's the same. I've been playing the same sermon for six months. It's over and over and over 
and over and over and over. And I'm not always paying attention to it, but your spirit is always open. So just, just, just feed yourself the word. You go to work and let you get a little radio at your, at your desk or something, put the word on. Get in the car, put the word on. You cleaning around the house, turn off GCI, put the word on. Just feed it, feed it, feed it. It's getting in and it's changing things that you don't even realize. It's changing your belief system. Because your spirit longs for the word. The Bible says, my spirit joyfully concurs with the word of God. I want it. Your flesh may not. You know, your flesh will say, another sermon? Then you go to church Sunday? But just feed it. Because it's going to change. It's going it's to it's push out an old belief system. Because I promise you this, what's between you and that house you believe in God for is your belief system. I know it, I know it is because it was for me. We was going to buy the first house, we was going to get this house, and, 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 and I says, no, I said, let's just get a, a, just a bigger apartment. So we went looking in Lombard for like, like luxury apartments. We was going to sign a lease for one, and it was a regular apartment, just had cleaner carpet than the last one. They called it luxury and charged more money for it. It's like, and this is what I said. I said, because we can handle this. My, my belief system, I was, I was bringing down what God said to do down to what I could handle. I know, I know you're trying to pull me up here, but I'm down here, God, so give me a minute. He says, no, I'm trying to pull you up. And, and, and so it, it, it had to, we had to change our belief system. We had to obey God. We had to give. And it was a process of getting our belief system changed to say, okay, now let's get a house. And then God met us to get that. And here's what I know, Pastor Kelly, it never stops. Because now 11 years later, we want to move again. And I says, uh, I don't know. It's faith, man. I don't know. So we look and says, ah, this, they got a porch, but not a backyard. They got a backyard, but not a porch. They got, they got a shower, but not a tub. Ah, and I heard clear, just build you one. And I says, ah, ain't nobody built no house in my family. I can't build no house. That's what I said. And we kept on going. And then we saw a sign that says, you know, private builder. I says, oh, that's pretty cool. And her, with more faith than me, then says, let's do it. And I did like they did on the boat. I says, we've, we've talked all night. <laughs> and we finally got this house where we wanted and we got the mortgage going and stuff. Let's, you know, let's just camp out here. And God said, launch out. But it kept hitting my old belief system. Which produced fear. So it wasn't that I wanted another house. It's just fear said you can't handle that. Fear said, don't do it. He said, don't you do it. What happens if, what happens if the combat bill is, is higher than the other combat bill? What happens if this? You know, if you build one, it's going to be a bigger market. What you going to do? Now, all this stuff starts to play. And we had to change our belief system. Until you change that, you won't do the thing that's in your own heart. You could want to do it. They wanted to catch fish. If not, they wouldn't have been out there all night. Right. Right. So imagine the frustration 
when Jesus walked up on it, he was packing up there. They said it was packing the nets up. They was probably throwing them nets. Like, we've been out here all night. <laughs> Jesus said, wait a minute. Put them nets down. Let me talk to you for a minute. Let, let, me, let, me, let me stretch or speak to your belief system. He spoke to it and said, now, now go, go do what you just tried to do. Strong stuff, man. Very strong stuff. Faith and grace. If grace has provided it, why don't we have it? I want it. I want it. Not for the sake of having stuff. Because I've realized in this last season that stuff don't mean nothing. Once you get it and mop the flow and live in the two days, you're like, all right, well, praise the Lord. I live in two rooms in my house, the sleeping room and the kitchen. That's it. Someone, I never even go in. I don't go past. It means nothing. It means nothing. The car means nothing. Nothing. If there's no inner peace to enjoy it. Especially means nothing if you didn't get it God's way by launching out when he said. Because now, now it's a blessing that brings, that brings weight. So it looks good, but you can't really enjoy it. Like I told you last week, the guy pulled up in the, in the Range Rover and said, give me $3 on nine. I says, where are you going? To the next gas station? $3 on nine in the Range Rover? You may not need to have that. So I ain't talking about stuff for stuff's sake. You can get your stuff and you should get your stuff. You should. God's way. God wants you to have every desire of your heart. You know why? Because he the one put it there. It wasn't your idea to get that big old house with the marble floors. That was his idea. He put it in your heart. He said, let me show you how to get it. That, w- that wasn't your idea. It wasn't. It was his concerning you. It was his promise. It was his intention concerning you. Now let me help you get this. I can't get it if your fear is in the way. I can't get it if your doubt talking louder than me. I can't get it if your belief system is still a, ain't been upgraded yet. Let me help you get it. Let me help you off that job to the one you really want. Let me help you into your own business. Let me help you into the car you've been posting on your refrigerator for the last 10 years. Let me help you out of this studio apartment. Nothing wrong with it, but you know you want three bedrooms and you want two bathrooms. Let me help you get this. Let me help you get to the place in your marriage you always wanted to be, with your finances you always wanted to be, with your children you've always desired. Let me help you get to that place. If you don't write this down and I'll stop. If you don't embrace the process of flushing your mind with the word. If you don't embrace the process of flushing your mind with the word. Every time life happens. Every time life happens. Fear will speak first. If you do not embrace the process of flushing your mind with the word. The process of change of belief, the renewing of the mind. Every time life happens and it will. 
fear will speak first. It's always unexpected stuff. I remember we, we, we watered um, our grass. We going to try to be, you know, get the little thing that you water your grass with and do this. And we put it out every night about, it was at sundown or before the sun goes, we put it out and let it go for about an hour. We do it maybe five days a week. And um, then we got this bill. Now, water bill, Jack, for $1,300. See, I wasn't watering the grass with Fiji water. What is going on here? I put that hose up. I, it ain't been out since. We wait for the rain. I don't get the grass look like, hey, Jack, we ain't watering the grass out here. But but even that that kind of stuff is life happening. I didn't I didn't plan, I didn't have thirteen hundred dollars paid no water bill. Water bill average like like one thirty five one fifty thirteen hundred. I'm calling saying what happened down at the village? Did y'all send me the wrong bill? Somebody calculate? Somebody I don't know what they doing? Somebody tripping thirteen hundred dollars? I'm going crazy. Say you been watering your grass? Oh no, I'm watering my grass. I paid thirteen hundred dollars. That's life for some people. That was life for me. Well, you're the reverend. Just get off the cocktail table. I don't know what y'all think. <laughs> you're the pastor. I don't know. You just got to stand around the house. No, I got to believe God just like y'all. I got to walk in faith just like y'all, Jack. I'm a full-time pastor. My payroll check comes from the bucket that goes through these gray chairs. That's faith. Come on here. That's one of the things. Then we said, we said, we're going to get a new house. He said, you know you get a church check. You sure? Huh? I'm just being honest. So you sure you want to do that? But I believe God. It's all I know how to do. Even when I don't want to believe God, I just say I believe God. Sometimes my belief is there, but unbelief is on the back, at the back door. But hey. What he said, Lord, I believe, but help my. You, you can be at the front door saying, yes, God. And the back door saying, hey. If you do not embrace the process of flushing your mind with the word, every time life happens, fear will speak first. And it will direct your path. Um. Last scripture, Proverbs chapter 3. We had to do some wild stuff in this process, Sean, of walking out of where we was. I told you the same story. I tell you all the time. We, was, we had saved our first thou, Chris. And the Lord said, give it away. Because we, we were in the process of changing our belief system and coming out of being out of looking good but being broke and he was showing us how to do that. That's why I always said we gave our way out. He says, now give the thousand. And I said, it's the first thousand dollars we've ever saved um, as a married couple and in my life. And was George too? In your life. It's our first thousand dollars, Jack. And he says, give it away. Give it, give it in the, the building fund. I says, now I don't know. 
because we've toiled all night. <laughs> but we sat there and we knew, we knew we, we were supposed to do that. And, and I did not want to do that. And we gave it, and I watched that bucket all the way down that aisle and said, man, that's my $1,000, Jack. But, but, but if you never know, if you've never experienced God working on your behalf like that, you've got to do something like that to see. And y'all know the rest of the story. It's a good ending. But it started with us giving that thou. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now you know you believe in your heart, right? So you can't even trust him right if you ain't flushing your heart with the word. That's how we went through a whole lot of stuff of just saying stuff that really didn't even. How can I trust in the Lord with all my heart if heart produces my believing and, my, and I haven't fleshed my heart with the word? And lean not to thine own understanding. This is what we was. This is what took us to bankruptcy. We was leaning on our own understanding. And all that ways acknowledge him. And he, not fear, will direct that path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from every other way. Every other way. Because there's going to be ways presented. We can do this like this. We can do this like this. You know, we can, we can do this. You put this in the kid's name. We can do this like this. And all this old stuff that don't work. It ain't God's way. And sometimes doing it his way, you seem like you're a fool. Like, because I, I can easily do this and make it happen. He says, nope, do it my way. And watch I come through on your behalf. Great season of favor for God's people. Those who are hearing this, those who are receiving this, man, it's a great season of favor. You're going to see God overturn some things. You're going to see some things turn around on your behalf. You're going to see the the, 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 the favor of God in full measure in your life because you receive this message of grace, you have great understanding, and then you take the faith part and apply that, and you're going to see God do things according to Amos chapter 9. Quick, fast, and a hurry. Expect that in Jesus' name. Did y'all get some out of the word?